And welcome to another episode of A Little Something to Wine About with your host, Siobhan Camille. And Ta'e Michelle. Where we whine, W-I-N-E, about life, love, relationships, and more because sometimes you just need to whine a little. So grab a glass of your favorite red, white, or rosé and join us on the couch. On the couch. We are sitting on the literal couch, finally. <laughs> right, we are back on real couches. This is an in-color episode. If you are listening on the podcast platforms, please join us on YouTube and you will see us wine in color, as we call it. That's right. Um, today, we will be whining about skincare. Hmm. 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 Uh, for those who are new to the channel, we have what we call a beauty series uh, where we wine in color, which is pink. Simply as Siobhan said, means you get to see us on YouTube. See our lovely faces. Hello. And um, we've done a, quite a few now episodes of this series. So we're just going to continue with we're talking about our lovely, lovely melanated skin and how we take care of it. Um, but of course, before we start whining about our skin, Siobhan, what are you whining about today? So today I am whining a Pinot Noir in honor of today, which is August 16th, 18th, 18th. Y'all should know what day it is. It's, you know, listen, we are recording this at 10, 10, 20, 10, 30 at night. Do not, I don't need your judgments, people. Today, is Pinot Noir Day. That's the point. That's the print. And so I had a Pinot Noir, um, barefoot Pinot Noir, which says they have won gold at the Florida State Fair. Yay for y'all. Um, quite frankly, I, let me let me tell you how I came to this wine, okay? There's a story behind this wine. Oh, okay, let's hear it. Story time. So I knew I was getting a Pinot Noir because Pinot Noir Day, right? So, all right, literally like an hour before I thought we had to start the podcast, I ran to the liquor store, right? And I was like, ooh, I got to do this. Let me get a Pinot Noir. So I'm searching up and down. So there, first of all, where I am, like not a huge wine selection. It's literally like down the middle aisle, these two shelves, this two long shelves, that's all you got. So I was looking for a specific, I was just looking for Pinot Noir. I don't really care what it is, just not what I had before, which I knew they weren't going to have that anyway. The first Pinot Noir I come across was by a company called Flip Flop. Yeah. Okay. Got pictures of sandal. Like your face was my, I was like, really? So Flip Flop, they may not be bad. I'm not going to shun them. I didn't taste them, but I'm going to tell you right now, the name of your company is Flip Flop and your Pinot Noir is $6. I, I go, wait a second. Hold on. No. You Flip Flop. I Flip I said, flop it to the other side. <laughs> so I went, I kept going. And then the next one I saw was Liberty Creek. And I said, okay, 
but I I was like, when is there something else? You know, like Red Riding Hood, a little too big, a little too small. I need the right one. Then I went and I saw Cabot. And you know, first of all, I thought about the Cabot you had, the limited edition. And I said, well, wait, because y'all ain't always what you're supposed to be. And then the problem was the Cabot bottle was so big and it was only like 15 bucks, but it was so big. And I was like, yo, I don't really know. I don't really think I remember liking Pinot Noir like that to go invest in this big, huge bottle. Okay. Like I'm not going to do that. So then I walked all the way down again and I was like, yo, I might just have to get the Liberty Creek. So I wound up within the barefoot section and I was like, man. And the reason, the reason that the barefoot I don't have an issue with y'all, but I'm going to tell you, I really didn't want to buy you. I didn't want to buy you. I walked in the store like I don't want a barefoot. Like I walked past y'all Moscato, your Chardonnay, your Pinot Grigio, your Riesling. I walked past your entire, your bees. So that's your at the beginning. And I literally intentionally walked past you. I wasn't going to buy you. The reason I bought you is the size of this bottle. <laughs> the size of this bottle and the fact that your only real competitor was flip-flop. And I just... <laughs> California, California, barefoot and flip-flop. I understand y'all are beach people, but I don't want y'all to keep naming your wine, your wine company stuff that's got to do. Like, come on, man. Come on. Come on. Barefoot, flip-flop, sandals, chancletas. Like, what's next, people? Stop it. Okay? That's the story of my wine. Hopefully it's good. What are you wanting, Ty, Michelle? Wow, that sounds so stressful. Did, girl, it was a thing. This was a whole thing to get this Pinot Noir. Jesus. Um, it's okay. I think we're both on wine struggle. And I say that because I forgot <laughs> we were recording in color today. Um, just to be honest, I was like, oh, it's our Monday meeting. Yes. And we're recording. Crap. <laughs> Not to mention the kids had practice, did think about like, I still have to do my workout. Like today was a whole thing. And it was like, oh, you're recording. Oh, well, go look decent. Um, what are you drinking? Crap. Okay. So what I did was a quick uh lookup of something different to do with different wines. And what I came up with is um, I'm using uh, the reasoning from, um, we've had this, the Saint. Uh, oh, Chateau Saint-Michel. Chateau Michel, yeah. Um, I'm using this, and they told me to mix it with uh, white grape juice. We never had the reasoning, did we? Yeah. Or did we have the Chardonnay? No, we had the Riesling, you're right. I thought we had the Riesling. It was a semi-sweet Riesling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, it said mix it with white grape juice. I said, ooh, that actually might sound good. So I have a little wine cocktail today. Um, I've kind of been on a wine cocktail tip a little bit. I had the mimosa. You did. Last. You had the Prosecco. Yeah, um, I had the mimosa last mimosa. week. I'm having this. This really didn't have a name. Um, so... Yep, that's <laughs> that's my wine story today. Um, and that's what I'm I'm drinking. So I have my nice little glass. This one's cute. It has a I don't know if you can see it, but like a little little grape. So I mean, it's it's cute. Oh, um, that looked like a butterfly
That could be because I don't have my glasses on. And yeah, if you have watched this, I don't have my glasses on. And I'm not blind. I'm nearsighted, okay? So I see everything happening. But the ring light in my glasses was distracting and bothering me. If you watch the first Beauty Suite, the first, yeah, it was a it was a problem for me after. Like, we almost re-recorded because it was just bothering me once I was editing. And I just, I, so the glasses are off today. This is my full face, which I guess is kind of apt since we're talking about skincare. So it, it look, 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 there you go. It happened. Um, so here's our wine fun fact. It's funny that Siobhan mentioned bottle sizes because that's actually the wine fun fact. There are typically four sizes um, for your wine bottles. It's the quarter bottle, the half bottle, your standard bottle, and the largest bottle, not the largest of the collection, but the largest, most common bottle. It's called the Magnum. <laughs> yeah interesting this is not i so think the cabinet the cabinet may have been a magnum and i wasn't gonna have a pinot noir magnum because i wasn't gonna commit to that i wasn't gonna get in bed let i'm gonna do that i'm gonna be that pun person right now okay i'm gonna tell a mother joke as a non-mom i wasn't gonna get in bed with the pinot noir magnum size i wasn't gonna do it i wasn't i wasn't gonna no, do it and so that's why we are here sizes. i was like hmm. That's so funny. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about today. Um, so that's just uh, that's just a few. There are some, there are levels to the wines, um, but those will be your first most common size bottles that you would find. Um, yeah, they go with, it's about 12 different sizes. So those are your first four. Um, and maybe next week I'll go to the next four. Maybe let's let's do that. I'll do the next four for you next week. So you'll know what the bottom sizes are and the proper names for them. So that's the purpose of these nice fun facts. Um, so I have a so, fun fact. I didn't last week, but I have one because my okay. fun facts are probably going to be history-based. Not because of intention, but because I found some weird stuff, okay? <laughs> so my wine, wine history, that's what I will give you. Ty is going to give you a fun fact. I'm going to give you a little wine history. Uh, oh, what was it? Uh, the, the king of Babylon, right? Okay. Right. So his code, and it's a famous code. I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, Morris code? No. Pause, guys. <laughs> Okay, so here is my wine history for the day. The Code of Hammurabi, a set of laws enacted by the Babylonian king Hammurabi, included a law that punished sellers of fraudulent wine. They were to be drowned in a river. Wow. So according uh, to Hammurabi Code, if you are a fraudulent wine, sell wine seller, they threw you and drowned your tail in a river. Okay. Wine history. Wine history. What's there you fraudulent wine? <laughs> Bootleg. Fraudulent means fake. So if you have well, know. Oh, well, I don't know. I guess it's what? sitting up here talking about this is a vintage Chardonnay. And it's not. It's some things you grabbed off. Fresh. <laughs> it ain't fresh. You just grabbed that off your vine. Right. <laughs> well, they that would make sense because they did more aged wine, I would think, back then. You know, I, they, know. I think they 
that I will look. Th- I will look that up. The history of that. But I will just See, say, look, y'all, we're gonna teach y'all something about this wine and be here, be drinking. And I know that's improper English, but we <laughs> are going to teach you about this here wine that we are drinking. That we sip on, that we um, intend to buy, or that we don't buy, that we have all these great things to say. Oh, I like this wine. That we're going to teach you some things about these wines and where they come from and fun facts. So you can be educated and snooty if you decided to go to Napa Valley one time. <laughs> or if it's a question on Jeopardy. I don't or, or Jeopardy. Look. <laughs> White Man Can Jump was just on the other day. And if you have dreams and aspirations for Jeopardy, these might be some facts that these might be some facts that help you. You might be like, you know what? I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember they would say something you, about Siobhan, one day. <laughs> All I ask for is a shout out. I don't even want none of your money. <laughs> just give me a shout out. <laughs> give me a shout out. Right. I got shouted out on uh on Jeopardy. Okay. I know a genius. Or a genius knows my name. <laughs> <laughs> a genius knows my name. Put that on the T. A genius knows my name. Okay. Um, <laughs> so jumping right into with all the last fun and uh things. Um, skincare. Um, Siobhan, what let's start with you. What are some of your thoughts on skincare? And particularly, um, I don't want to uh, exclude our our non-black affiliates, but uh, <laughs> particularly African American skin because that's our skin. You know, that's what we can relate to. So, what are your thoughts um, in reference to skincare? Like, how do you take? Like, what are some of the things you do to take care of your skin? Let's put it that way. I think I started taking better care of my skin recently, having to put on makeup for this podcast, be real with you, because um, let me say this. I always did like scrubs. Like I've always had like, like I used to love in college. I did the St. The St. Ives apricot scrub was awesome. I still like right now I have St. Ives uh, coffee and the coffee and coconut, I think is what it is. I know it's got coffee in it. Um, and that one I actually started using because my friend before she, I let her like, she was practicing her make makeup on me. And before she did that, she cleansed my face with that. And I just loved the tingle. And I was like, ooh, yeah. So I had to find it because where I was living at the time, they didn't sell it in stores close to me because, you know, markets. Mm-hmm. So I actually had to buy it online. I also have the St. Ives green tea and bamboo. Uh, blackhead scrub I used to in middle school and high school I lived for clean and clears um blackhead scrub the reason I stopped them and anybody else with benzoyl peroxide is because it bleaches your towels so it made me go if you're bleaching towels what are you doing to my skin um so I stopped using clean and clear and it was the purple and also cause purple my favorite color. So, you know, um, but that I used to use them, but now I use for blackheads, I use St. Ives and I have St. Just St. Ives and I have St. Ives. Um, it's aloe and rose water cleanser. And I don't use them all at the same time. I don't use them all on the same days. If I don't put on makeup, probably I, I will use the, the aloe one because the aloe one is a mild cleanser 
the bamboo and green tea is a moderate and the uh, coffee is a deeper clean. Mm -hmm. So like when I take this off, <laughs> when I take makeup off, I do the, the coffee after. Um, on an average day, I probably do like the, the, the bamboo, green tea, the moderate. If I've been working out, like if I've been working out, I'm going to do the green tea. I might do the coffee too, depending on how much I might do the coffee file file followed by the green tea. Um, and the aloe cleanser, because it's more mild, I'll just do that. And usually that's my morning. I do that in the morning and I don't do them every day. Like I won't do because I kind of alternate among the uh -huh. three is that, but I think that it's important to cleanse your skin. I also have a toner, um, which I talked about in our makeup one, uh, by urban RX, which I actually have, I actually do like. I was hesitant to stick with them when I found out that they were originally a 50% black owned. It was two women that started it, a black woman and a white woman started it. And for whatever reason, and I don't know the story behind it. And I am a little curious, the black woman is no longer a part of the company. So I thought, and I didn't know that until after I bought it, I thought about being like, mm, but it actually works. And then I have a skin serum by Black Opal, which is now Black owned. I've seen a lot of stuff online about how Black Opal is not, Black Radiance is not. A lot of these companies with Black in the name are not Black owned. And that is very, very true. That is extremely true for people who care. Please research who owns the stuff you're handing your, who owns the companies you're handing your money to. Right and now. sidebar to that, because we are recording this in August, and August is um, Black, uh, entrepreneurship one just a little keynote so those who do shop um or look for those type things just remember august is like the national um recognition if that's the right word mm -hmm. of <laughs> you know i tell you because i got i told you earlier y'all missed it but i we had a whole you know respect no, versus I'm retrospect learning. I'm, as an adult i'm still <laughs> learning okay um, I like it though. I like, I like, I like it because it, it teaches me to use things properly. And then I can then translate to my children who can keep going to theirs and creating generational things. Anyway, um, just so, you know, that was just a little tidbit for those, you know, who don't know, all this is Black um, Entrepreneurship Month. So shop black. So again, like, I would say, so yeah, so Black Opal was actually bought by two Black women not actually that long ago, either last year or the year before. So it is recently Black-owned. Um, but like Black Radiance is not. And then also be very aware of places, things like, like Shea Moisture or a lot of other you know, companies that sell to like Unilever and bigger brands. And I get it, get your coin, get your purse, get your bag, get your money, whatever people want to say. But... And I don't, let me, let me be clear for a second. And I know this is a little aside, um, but since it is, you know, Black Entre Entrepreneurship Month, I do not have a problem with Black companies getting their bag by going more mainstream and going to companies like Unilever or anything of that sort. In principle, I don't. My issue comes, which is why I stopped shopping Shea Moisture because I used to. My issue comes when you change your whole formula behind it. Mm 
When you don't go create a new line under your name, but you take what you already had and you change it. That to me is insulting to your customer base because your consumer and customer base who built you to get you the recognition that you have, you basically spit in their face that it's like, oh, well, now we're, we're so big, we don't need you anymore. Because these people made you. And now you took them and their money to get to where you wanted to be to the point where all these other companies even give you any time of day in their office or boardroom to have a meeting to discuss buying your company. And that's what you do. If you go and create a whole new line or you do a, a based on, I mean, let's be real. They do this with movies all the time. They do this with TV shows all the time. Spinoffs. If you're going to do a spinoff, do you, but to change the original formula is problematic. And to change your marketing, like completely, like again, when Jamie Foxx and I can't think of the white guy, I'm sorry, but they had a movie together and Jamie Foxx was pushed in the black communities. The other guy was pushed in the white communities. Fine. Everybody, they both worked on the movies together. They both trying to get coin bag off of their hard work. We get it. We understand marketing, but why I think there was a push to cancel Shea Moisture was because y'all, your marketing was became disrespectful. You talk about hair hate and the hair, the people you have in your hair hate video are like a racially ambiguous chick with like three C hair and like two white women. When the biggest, as we talked about in social, in the last beauty suite, social acceptance of black hair, black hair is, I'm, I'm sitting here in front of you with my hair straight. I, it's not that I'm against straight hair, but let's be very honest on what that social that is. Okay. At my hair, if I curl it, is actually like three different curl patterns, which is why I tend to straighten it just because to have a 3C here and a 2C here and a 4A here is a it's just looks a hot mess. Here, this there, is, here, right, here. right, girl, girl. Here, girl, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and all the curls going around and around and all the <laughs> like it's insane. So this is consistency. But I'm not ignorant to the fact that 4C hair gets the most hate. That as Michelle said last time, locks, dreadlocks, all of this stuff, even braids for, you know, come on now, come on now. And then they change the formula. I know this is an aside, but I feel like it's important to say because I am going to, because I did look for this type of stuff for skincare because and it's not even just a black thing. And I think that's why Fenty is so big because Rihanna and her, her constituents realized that most of the world is not white. Most of the world is some shade of brown. That brown skin and melanin is not exclusive to black Americans. It's not. There are Indians. And I mean, when I say Indians, I mean India. I'm not being disrespectful to the indigenous or the First Nations people of Canada or any of that or Native Americans. I'm not doing that. When I say Indian, I mean Indian. There are Indians darker than me. <laughs> I've seen them. I went to school with them. Okay. So again, being of brown skin and all of its many hues and variations is not exclusive to those of African descent. It's not. Right. Um, and there is a way that it, it needs to be nourished and treated when it comes to skincare. We can burn, we can and do tan, and all of these things as well. So you do need to protect your skin. Um, and so for me, I think I take better care of my skin now that I've been putting on makeup more. Um, and I definitely wore it probably a little over half of the time that I was away for my birthday. Um, but I think that 
if you're going to do that, if you're going to wear makeup just for anybody, then you need to have a solid skincare regimen and make sure that the makeup you're putting on your face is not chock full of oil, certain oils and any other things as well. So it's just conducive to your skin. And 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 to your point, um, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head um, as far as finding the right products. Um, for me, skincare has always been a big thing. Uh, I suffered from acne at a young age. Um, and it's mostly on my forehead. And I also uh, suffered severely from eczema. Um, so first the eczema as a young child. Um, and then going into puberty, teenage years, that's when the acne came. Um, and it kind of did a toss between the two. So for me, skincare was always something that I had uh, issues with. Mm. So it was always, especially with eczema, make sure you're clean, make sure you have on, you know, the right ointments, whether it be if it's a lotion, you know, low fragrance, low this, low that, check your ingredients. Um, and it's funny because, okay, funny story. I was about 10 years old. And I had eczema on the back of my legs, like where your knees are on the back, so bad that it would burn if I bent my knee. Hmm. Yeah, not from it, like, and this is just for me rubbing. Like, it would itch so bad, but I knew not to scratch, but even a rub would irritate it so. Um, <laughs> Eureka, as you like to call her, Erica, if you're not in your podcast, this is my sister. Um, if you aren't, this is the crazy one. Uh, um, we were at home and she took some plain Vaseline and everybody knows that good old Avon skin so soft lotion and she mixed it up and God knows what else and I mean that only God knows what else she put in this stuff. She says, now she's three years younger, so me 10, she's about eight, seven. Sister, because that's what she would call me. Sister. Here you go. I made this for you. Me being a big sister, I'm like, I'm conflicted. Oh, crap. Because Erica, I promise you, she should have been a chemist, was always mixing and having some type of concoction. Like, that was her thing when she was younger. Uh, she was like, I made it for you to put on the back of your legs because she saw her sister in pain. She wanted to help. I had medicine from the doctor, and it would help a little, but not really. I lied to you not. I said, okay. I put it on the back of my leg. I have never had eczema again on the back of my legs. Had no idea what she did. But I put it on there and I went to sleep. Woke up the next morning. First, my legs weren't itching. They weren't burning. I put my medicine, I washed them, put my medicine on, and then put the ointment on. That was the first day I could bend my legs and it not hurt. So I used it, you know, this is my sister, you know, I'm, I'm going to support my sister, and then this crazy fact that it worked. So I don't know if it was my mama's prayers in the back <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, but I, till this day, I have not had eczema again on the back of my legs. So, that was that. That was a realization for me at a young age. Okay, you have to take care of your skin. Then when the acne started coming, 
it would come and go and come and go. Um, I tried back in the day different gel. I tried the cleaning clear. I tried the Neutrogena. None of that worked. I don't like Neutrogena. It was always too oily for me. Yeah, none of that worked for me. So it wasn't until um, a cousin of mine gave me some uh, black soap. Um, no, what is what is what is the name of that brand? Amber. Ambi. 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 She gave me Ambi black soap, and the hourglass. They had a whole line of products. Oh yeah. So I bought their line, and it really helped with my uh my acne when it came back proactive became a big thing so i used proactive and it did work for me because at that point my breakouts were never big so i was like okay so it got to the point where proactive worked too much so i had to stop because i had burning going on and i was trying to figure out like oh wait a minute so i called my doctor it was like i need to back off them so I figured that out, how, what I needed to do if something popped up, X, Y, Z, even to this day, 35 years plus, is something proactive in my uh, medicine cabinet for myself. Um, I'm also into skincare because having a child, I knew inheritance was a thing. And God forbid he got a double dosage because his father's eczema. I had eczema. Eczema runs in my family and so does acne. And my baby got a double dosage. And it really got me into looking at what were it, what what's in your products, what medicines are you taking, what are you eating? Because that also plays a fact in it. Um, I found out that uh, a lot of times um your foods, you can be allergic to something and it shows up through acne versus a uh, uh, breakout, you know, hives or something like that. It'll show up through acne. So I had to start watching his food. I had to start watching a whole bunch of things. And um, this started uh, right when he hit middle school. So it was a hard, you know, time. And I was trying to figure out, why isn't this working? What's going on? This is that the other. And so I got to the point where like, I was so frustrated. I was like, okay, stop. Go back to when you, but you used to a regimen, a routine. Simple. So I started him on Curology. Mm. That worked for a while, but it didn't completely clear it up. He still uses Curology now, um, but he has this all-natural black soap. What my dad is a con, he has his own business. He does contracting, so he's air conditioning. One of his customers sells the black soap. It is an all-natural black soap, and it has done wonders in the last few weeks. It has done, when I say wonders, I mean wonders in the last few weeks. Um, it's clearing up his dark spots. Like, it is doing good outside. In fact, I, we have definitely changed everybody's diet in our house. Water intake has definitely increased. So it's a lot that goes into it, but the regiment, for the most part, is the biggest thing. Um, and because of that, my dresser now has become the show of pearl essence <laughs> that's my thing right now so i use pearl essence night serums i have two i i started looking at um a makeup artist 
she did a facial cleanse uh, routine one day and then you know the algorithm started sending me all the facial cleanse people and this so i followed this esthetician who's also a licensed dermatologist so she started talking to me about serums i was like what is a serum why have i never heard of this why is this a thing started looking into it and was like oh okay so i started out with one or two and now i have about three <laughs> so you bought the store is what you're saying I did. I did I have a night serum a day serum not only that I have three different moisturizers I have I don't do under eye creams too much I have an under eye gel don't use it very often um I had I'm into the jade roller like it, it has become if anybody follows me on my personal page you have seen my videos where I have done complete holes to the point now, um, my middle baby, who is, Jayla is 11, she has her skin regimen. Rami has a skin regimen. And I started them early because the earlier you start, one, it becomes a habit. Two, the better it is for your skin. Um, yeah, and you mentioned tanning. We tan, we burn. I found that out the hard way because I had burns all on my shoulder. I was like, what is going on with this? And I, I think a lot of us find that out. I think a lot of us find that out the hard way. I found that out in elementary school because I started peeling. My shoulders started peeling and I was like, what is all this skin? And my mom was like, you're burning. This is what happened. This is how black people burn. It's basically what my mom was like, peeling. Pretty much. You're burning. And I was like, oh my God. But it's funny that you mentioned proactive because they work. And I agree. I don't, (laughs) they work a little too well. But I, (laughs) my face was never my issue. And I really don't know why my face has always been maybe a couple blackouts from like hormones, you know, from a woman's cycle. My issue was always my back, my upper back. And I think it's because from oil, from my hair, sweating, from dance, all of that compounded, like my face, I I don't, I don't know why my back was always my issue and proactive worked. And I remember, um, I always wore like sports bras and, and, um, like not shorts, uh, sweatpants around the house, real Aaliyah look, because that was like my favorite singer. You know, that was our thing. That was the thing. And I remember my dad one time was like, your back's really clearing up. That stuff must really work. And I really wasn't paying attention. It, like you say, just became part of my routine was like, when I, first of all, it's your back. So it's hard. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it was like, when I'm in the shower, I put the scrub on, put the scrub on, <laughs> you know, and I did that. And then the toner, I would get like tape, like, you know, cotton balls. And that's hard to hold a cotton ball and do your back. You got to like kind of put it between your middle finger and your ring finger and kind of get up in there and then get the lotion. It was a thing. It was a process to try to do it. So by the time I did it, I'm not like looking in the mirror and trying to like see it. Inside the work, it's done. It's done. It's done. I just fought myself. I just felt like I was in a battle with myself. (laughs) So I'm done. Like I'm done. It's over. And it was like maybe two weeks or a month. And he was like, "Yeah, I knew it started working because you know." And this was back when Proactive first came out, really. So you Uh had to you had to order it through TV. Like they didn't sell this in the stores. And it was like they had vending machines in the mall. They didn't have that either. And so this was like a subscription situation and they sent it every month 
And the little, of course, the little bottle of the stuff that actually clears it up was always gone. But oh. I wound up, we had to end up stopping because I had like five bottles unopened of the cleanser and the toner because I only really needed yes, <laughs> that yes. little bottle. Yes. They sent it as the full three kit all the time, mm-hmm. every every month. Um, But yeah, I did. I loved Proactive. Proactive was great. Um, yeah, it, it really did good. Um, very well with me, which is why that was the first thing I tried with my son. And it worked for a while and then it stopped. And I was like, okay, this has to be something else. Like this, and really realistically, what it was with him, um, he had eczema on his face as well as acne. So when the eczema would go away, the acne was there. So when you start using the acne medicine, it would activate his eczema because it dried the skin. Right. So it was like you have, I had to, and then he had inflammation. And I was like, okay, how can we do this? So when I went and I talked to the dermatologist, she gave me the, some medicine to help work from the inside as well as taking more notice of his diet, definitely enforcing the water thing. Um, you know, I don't think people realize that. how important water is. Yes, it is. It, it definitely is. Um, skin changes too. So don't always think it's the product that changed. Sometimes it's your skin, just like with your hair. Sometimes products will work and then it might not be the formula that's changed. It might actually be your hair. That's like, okay, I'm done with this now. Um, your skin goes sometimes goes through cycles like that as well. So uh, we have to kind of be more aware of what's going on, kind of paying a little bit more of attention. Um, but or like you said, having a, re- <clears throat> having a regular skin regimen is a, a plus. Um, and please use SPF, ladies and yes. gentlemen. SPF is our friend, <laughs> okay? It is. You, you, you can, there are different ways to lock things in. There are skincare gurus that you can watch, uh, preferably watch someone who's licensed because they tend to have a little bit more insight, in my opinion. Um, you don't have to. Um, um, but yeah, so my dresser is full of serums, sprays. I have toners. I have different face washes. One thing with makeup that I have learned with uh, I'm wearing it so often, it's all about the double cleanse. So for those who don't know, that means you're taking your face wash and washing twice with it or using two different face washes. That's what I do. That's one. Um, a lot of times, personally, I like to stay away from the foam washes. I go gel or I use a face balm. That's usually the first one. The second one is usually a milk-like uh, face wash just because it gives, it it just makes your skin so silky and smooth. Second, another thing, never exfoliate when you do a double wash because you're doing too much to your skin. Unless you find an extremely gentle exfoliation, exfoliator. And I mean, and when I say exfoliator, please, I don't know about everyone else, but in my opinion, I don't use the same exfoliator for my face that I use for my body. Mm, Way more gentle exfoliator on your face. So that's just a couple of key points that I have learned in reference to skincare. Um, I did um, learn that there's actually an order that you're supposed to do yes. things. So be aware of that too because there you is an order. You can't even put your put your oil on, then put your tone on. Boom. There's an order and it is um, and I skip steps. And this is the other thing. 
um to your point first i was going to say earlier um sorry for interrupting no 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 you're right to your point is even with allergies it may be what you're eating now you can't eat anymore i know that for me i i am a bread lover i can't do it like i used to (laughs) my body is like and now you'll be bloated and heavy and weighty for three days oh absolutely bread is like oh my sister i'm with you It now, like, when everybody, <laughs> when your parents used to say, oh, that'll stick to your ribs, that's what they mean. I get what they mean now. I get what they mean. Because bread sticks to the ribs, to the spleen, to the kidney, to the liver, to the everything. And just is like holding on for dear life, okay? So it may be that as well. And I, I know that for me, I there, but like I was saying, there is an order. I know I have, to, I skip certain steps, but it's also a matter of knowing your skin. I have been very blessed to have nice skin. It's even, it's not oily, it's not dry. I have a couple dark spots. I have one really like random for some reason, like reverse blackhead, I think it is. Um, it's literally like a hole <laughs> that I can't get stuff out. One in my back. I have one in my back too. And I, I have to go get it taken care of because it just sounds like it'll hurt. I have two dark spots here that are like from like hairs that decide they want to try to pop up. And I have a couple like odd, odd stuff happening. But for the most part, like overall, my skin is pretty good. Um, and I think a lot of that is because I didn't wear makeup a lot growing up. I don't wear makeup a lot now. And I'm also very aware of what's in my makeup. I really, I think the Clinique is probably the most unhealthy, if you will, of makeup that I have. Granted, it's my, it's my um, foundation, but since I'm not wearing it all the time and I, again, I do cleanse it off and I love e.l.f. because they have a very good makeup remover. That's the other part. Before you even get to cleansing, before you even get to whether you do foam or not, because foam works for certain people and I don't remember what it was. I had a really good resource when I was looking up you know, the order of things. And foam is, I think, good for drier, oily skin. Foam is good for oily skin. That's why that wasn't going to work for me. And the oily stuff, the oil-based cleansers are good for dry skin. That wasn't going to work for me either. That's why I do scrubs. Like all of the same eye stuff is scrubs. It's just whether it's deep, moderate, or mild. They all don't, they don't foam. They, they do exfoliate, but not roughly. They basically just take off the extra and get in your pores. That's what works for me. But I say, but I do that after my elf, and I'm going to call it my mask away, if you will, because I don't really remember what it's called. But it when I tell you it melts, and I think that's what it's called is a melter, it melts makeup off. Like the only other thing that I really liked, and I liked it as a kid um, when I used to have to put on makeup for shows as a dancer, was Pond's. Pond's cold cream cleanser is the truth. I don't know if they changed their, their formula in the past 20 years, but I will say when I was a child, Pond's cold cream would snatch makeup off your face. And they did it. It was thick. It was creamy. You could feel it. 
And when you took it off, your face was not dry. My face, I'll speak for me. My face was not dry. Yeah, Pons and I weren't friends. That Pons, Pons did nothing for my skin. I was like, Pons as a cleanser. No, 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 no. But I'm talking Pons strictly as a makeup remover. Pons. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it did nothing. Like, oh, Pons nothing. got that off my face. It got that clean. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, ugh. Um, I don't, I, so I use makeup wipes, but I don't use makeup wipes. I use makeup wipes when I'm doing my makeup. I don't use makeup wipes to remove my makeup. Crazy. So if I'm doing my makeup and I make a small mistake, I, I, that's when I use the wipe. If I'm cleaning my brush and while I'm doing my makeup, that's when I use my wipe. But I stop using wipes to remove my makeup at the end of the day because it tugs at the skin. And tugging your skin is really bad. Um, also, be aware of your towels that you're using when you're cleaning your face. Because towels hold bacteria, especially if you have them in the bathroom. So it's a lot that goes into it. Um, uh, another, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. And it can be a lot. I know, like, things can be overwhelming. Like, let's say, like, the skin under your arms, your elbows. I'm going to be honest. These things right here. Your elbows, for people who can't see, because everybody's not watching YouTube, I'm sure. My Yes, I was placing my elbows. Have been such a problem for me because they're black. And my underarms have gotten lighter, but they were the same. So and to be clear, we're not saying black isn't black American. And I have to, I have to say this because the term black is so loosely used for various things. We are talking discoloration, hyper hyperpigmentation. Hyperpigmentation, yes. And it was, it was, it was, it was bad. Um, I feel like it's gotten better now. This is probably the best it has looked and it's still not where I am completely satisfied. Um, so, I mean, when, when you're shaving, when you're using those nares and the hair removers and uh, getting laser, because even if you're getting laser, it does something to your skin. Oh, it definitely does. It affects your skin. So definitely I tell people, um, do your research. Also, you need a regimen for those things. And I know it, that everything can be a lot when you think of, I gotta clean my face properly. I gotta take care of my hair properly. I gotta eat right. I have, you know, a workout. And it definitely can make you want to say, you know what? I wash my hands of all of it. I don't care. <laughs> and I get it. It's, it can get expensive because when when you heard the people say, "Oh, it costs to be beautiful," that this is what they meant. And this is and why I, I listen. Listen for those who did not. <clears throat> for those who did not see the first makeup. That's the first BB Suite episode we talk about makeup. This is why when they asked me what my budget was in Mac. I'm sorry, in Sephora, I said, it's, I don't want to be here. It's my budget. Because let me be very clear. Let me be very clear. I'm going to be so as honest as I can be right now. I don't care to be beautiful because it is expensive. I don't. I don't care to be pretty. I, I was never a pretty girl. I was, matter of fact, always the ugly friend. So I, I really don't. I wasn't the ugly friend. I was like, ugly though. like that's, that's a want. Listen. Believe me, before the end of the summer, no, I lied. It's not the end of summer. September, people, we are going to do an episode about bullying, and it's coming. 
and I'm going to go into all of it. I'm going to go into, I am going to share with y'all, fellow whiners. It's a very vulnerable part. It ain't even vulnerable. I'm going to just be real about bullying (laughs) and everything and where I'm at. Because I think some people might look at me like, oh, she a little, uh, she a little masculine. She a little aggressive. And I'm going to explain exactly how Siobhan Camille came to be Siobhan Camille. And it ain't my fault. That ain't really I get it. I get um, it. But I, I say it. that because I was that friend. And so I was not the person who, like, I, I didn't care to be beautiful. And I still, to this day, to this day, do not. Like, I, I bought makeup to come on and to be presentable. I, I care to be presentable. But I don't aspire to beauty, especially given in America the standards of beauty. I will never reach I it. will never be there. I will never. never make it. So that's not my aspiration. My aspiration is to be presentable. My aspiration is to be able to look at myself and go, huh, okay, that's it. Because the truth of the matter is, and I remember hearing this in elementary school and it has stuck with me. There are a couple of things that people have said to me throughout my life that stuck with me. And the one I remember from like fifth grade was my teacher said, and he was science, he was very smart, missionary, if he's still alive, hey, how you doing? Um, the one person in the world you will never be able to see is yourself. And I was like, damn, that's true. And everybody in my class was like, what do you mean? And I was like, so he had to break it down. So I'm going to break it down because I realized that everybody may not be on the level that I was then and y'all might be my classmates and not me. For those who are me and got exactly what that means, I see you. For the rest of you, let me break break down what that means. It means you will never be able to look you in the face. And for those who are like, oh, but I have a mirror. That's a reflection. You can't see you. And that is why I think insecurities run so deep because you will never be able to see you. You will never be able to look yourself in the face. What you see in a mirror is a reflection. So you're not even seeing what people see of you. It's why when you go to a mirror and you do this, right. But the right that you're seeing when somebody is turned to it, that's your left, baby. You will never see you. You will never see you. That you won't. And so that that leads to a certain amount of understanding that you have. And for me personally, my personal understanding was, well, I can't aspire to be beautiful. I, I, don't, I don't aspire to that because one, given the society, I'll never make it. And two, I will never be able to see if I consider me beautiful anyway, period. Because what I'm looking at is going to always be a reflection. Even though you can like turn reflection mode off, you're still seeing a picture of you given back to you, not who you are in person, not any of this, not what you're not. So I guess I will say that to me, skincare or just in, in any of that is a sense of self and it is expensive. And if you decide to go, yo, I can't, I don't feel like it today. Do you? And know that the, the beauty we're talking of right now in this beauty suite episode is truly skin deep. Truly. There's so much more that I think personally, and maybe this is something that was foisted. And this is probably something that was foisted on me being the ugly friend that you can't lean on that. So you have to have, you have to have something else. You have to have something else. Like being pretty. I know, I know pretty dumb people. Oh, she pretty and dumb. Oh, he's sexy and stupid. I know a bunch of sexy, stupid people. I know quite a few 
Good God, he's fine, but he's he's a whole chauvinistic jerk. As a child, my dad, <laughs> like my dad, like slashing my flesh, blood, my blood, my dad. He said, "Yeah, you real pretty. Don't nobody want no pretty dumb girl." I was like, <laughs> "Like legit." He was like, yeah, but you, you want to be pretty or you want to be pretty damn dumb? I was like, and I don't know why I want no pretty dumb girl. I was like, it, it hit different because it was like, it, to me, it made, it, it clicked. And again, I was probably about nine. So it stuck with me. That was my point where it became, well, you can be pretty, but you can be dumb. So why not be a combination of both? Why not be pretty and smart? Be pretty and intelligent. That was one pivotal moment. The next pivotal moment is for my youth counselor. Because I, I was like, I got away from break. I was like, I'm cute. My youth pastor was like, a lot of y'all out here cute. And you know, a lot of y'all out here bit up. And we was, I was like, mm-hmm. he was like, but let me tell you, y'all know like us. And he ain't fond of cute either. I was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the Bible says, oh, I can't remember the quote now, but it's something about, you know, charm goes so far and beauty is fleeting, basically. And I, I'm really paraphrasing because I don't remember scriptures. Y'all, it's 11 yes. o'clock, okay? I no, but, and, but and it was, it was, yeah, it was really eye-opening. But coming back to skincare, um, we have to uh, be more, I feel like we have to be more aware of what we're putting in our bodies, on our skin. Um, I look for natural. Think, huh? I look for natural. I think yeah, and I think the, the beauty industry itself has actually started to um, shift into knowing, you know, into things where it's starting to, it, when it, remember when it really took a shift and it started to going vegan. I think the first shift was no more animal testing. I think that was like the first, like, oh, wait, uh, we can't, you know, use all the chemicals. Blah, blah, blah. So I think that was like the first like shift the next thing became like this whole big vegan makeup, skincare movement. Um, but can I be real yeah. with you? Yeah. I'm going to be real, real about this. That's all great and wonderful, but it makes me think of like the farm to table industry or like movement where it's like, why is that novel? Why is that novel? Like it, it's, it boggles me. It boggles my mind because why is that novel? Why is farm to table novel versus why did we get why did we get to a point and how do we get to a point where farm to chemical processing through a plant to table became acceptable and in a lot of ways skincare is the same way and the reason I'm I'm gonna say this I say it exactly like this is because most of the products and I say this it's August it's black entrepreneurship month and I'm gonna be so real most of the products that have been not slapped and marketed toward black people, but created by black people were created with natural stuff. Like that whole it being natural, not new to us. 
Not no, it's not. Not it's new to us, not. not new to the culture, not new to what we do. It's what we've been no. doing. And part of the reason I think that Black people have, since we're talking about Black, we started this with melanated skin and skincare. Part of the reason I think Black people have the issues that they have with skincare is because you're using products that were not meant for you. Like, these products were not made for you. Like even, and I'm not talking, yeah, they're marketed towards you. That's great. They were not made for you in mind. They were not made for your skin because quite frankly, a lot of the stuff that I see, like, let's talk about Like even hair is easy for me. So I'm gonna just do this. Sodium lauryl sulfate is in everything hair-based. You want to know why your hair won't grow? You want to know why your hair is, is thinning at the end? Aside from the relaxers, whole nother conversation. If your stuff, your hair stuff, your makeup, because this is a lot of makeup too, has sodium lauryl sulfate in it, you are jacking yourself up long-term. Because let me tell you what, it's no different than high fructose corn syrup. They said for a long time, oh, high fructose corn syrup is okay in moderation. It's okay in moderation. If it's in everything, baby, it's not moderation. moderation. It's not moderation. And that's why they started taking it out of stuff. That's why they started marketing stuff and labeling stuff, no high fructose corn syrup. Because if it's in everything, it's not moderation. It's in everything. If you're getting... 2% 2% from this and 5% from this and 3% from this and another yeah, 5 from yeah, this. Baby, yeah. you are at 15% just in, in five minutes. Your breakfast, you just had 15% of high fructose corn syrup. Through the rest of your day, you won't hit about 95. Like, you're not doing, it's not that. And sodium lauryl sulfates, all this other stuff that you're putting in, if you can't research and read if you can't read and research the ingredients don't put it in don't put it on your skin don't put it in your hair don't put it on your body like and i'm not saying like you can't you can't research you can you should if something says aqua in it we all know at this point that that's water right but and, and I, I agree with you um that's just like before uh, like right now but i'm going to say this correctly hydroluronic acid when I first heard that, what triggered me was acid. I was like, why are they marketing so much? This acid you want me to put on my skin. I had to go back and do research on it to actually find out what it was, how it worked, how it benefited. And then I realized that was what they were saying. Moderate. A little bit. You don't need a lot. If you have it in this serum, you don't need it in this. If you put it in, you don't need tons of it. A little bit goes a long way. And the more I got into the whole skincare regimen, that and um, I think it's retinol. Mm, retinol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, retinol. It goes a little bit, goes a long way. So, and, and you start seeing the benefits from it, things like that. So what I started doing was more of a collagen, a more of a vitamin C, those type things. Um, and just, you know, a little, like a little bit, a little bit of these things go a very, very, very long way. And I know I said it can get intense, it can be a lot, but just keep that in mind. A little bit goes a long way. Um, skin cancer is real out here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, as much as you love the sun, you have to protect yourself from its rays because we had damaged our ozone layer to the point now where it is. the rays from the sun can definitely damage your skin outside of just burning. Um, Take precautions. 
Yes, just just take the necessary precautions. I'm not saying, you know, don't get your tag. Please get your tag on do the safety. Um, yeah, but you, you definitely have to do research. And if skin is something um, that, that you're passionate about, like go, go for it. There are plenty, there's plenty of room out here in the in the skincare industry and in the health uh, industry of your hair, like all of that stuff. Like, come on, we need more of us being represented in this market. And I don't just mean African American, I mean black and brown people, melanated people. Have some of these in talking to you. We need more of us represented in the market itself. Because like you said. We've been doing the natural things, the, the black soap and the turmeric, and we know or knew, well, excuse me, our grandparents and then, you know, knew of those things. Now, whether they taught it to the next generation, I feel like it might have kind of faded out a little bit, but then somewhere, somehow, it clicked back in. So now everybody's becoming more aware again of being yeah. reintroduced right. to it. And this, and it's funny because you can have conversations with like your grandmother, or if you're blessed enough to have your great grandmother, and they go, "Well, yeah, baby, we know, because back in my day, we did this and we rubbed it on our skin, and we, you know, to get rid of that. Remember those ointments they used to have? Oh, go rub some peppermint on it. Uh, the lavender, like those things, those uh, what was the old school remedies?" That's what that is. And all the marketing companies have done now is found a pretty way to package it. So, and with the packaging, sometimes you get some other stuff that come in it. So you do have to be aware. Um, and sometimes just talk to an ancestor. I'm going to be honest. Talk to an ancestor. Because they can, they can probably educate you with some things that you had not known even thought about. Um, in reference to something as simple as your skin. Like when they say black don't crack, it was a reason why our great grandmothers didn't look their age. But that's why I say that mm, I'm gonna say this like this: the people of the earth have always done that, and that's Native Americans, that's Indians, that's Africans, that's whether you go all the way to New Zealand and the Maori, whether you go to tribal, it tribal, tribal people of tribes have always done that because they live off the land and they respected it for what it could do. You hear about like Chebe powder for the women in Chad now. You hear about turmeric and all this Ayurvedic stuff. My mother has a whole bunch of Ayurvedic hair stuff. And I will say, I'm not saying she didn't know this stuff, but I think my journey with everything that happened last year and my journey to buy black, which meant most of the stuff I was buying natural was natural because again, black people use what they have their hands on. We don't get our hands on a whole lot of chemicals. We don't. So you use what's of the earth. And so she went back to the earth. Now her earth to her earth journey led her to India basically because she does a lot of Ayurvedic stuff. Mine as well. I use Amla. I use Beringage powder and oil and matter matter of fact quick aside i accidentally like i have bearing gosh powder and brahmi powder and i was mixing it together and i made a hair mask and i sent y'all the picture and it looked like it literally looks like chocolate uh cake mix man i spilled that all over all over the the stove and i was like damn i gotta clean this up so i washed my hair well i said it's supposed to set i let it sit on my hair 
Wash the stove. That was the cleanest the stove has ever been. Natural cleanser, though, because I know what's in this powder. It's just the plant. Like, but that's what I'm saying. So when they do this stuff like natural ingredients that'll clean your house and you've been told, we as American people have been told, oh no, it's gotta be bleach, it's gotta be chemicals. It doesn't, it really doesn't. You can do all this stuff, but if you wanna know why, again, your hair is falling out, like all of this stuff that's marketed toward black people is really not healthy for black people. It's not. Pink lotion is probably one of the worst things you can put on your hair. It Girl. dried mine out as a child. I hated it, hate it today. Girl. Sulfur eight is not great. And I'm not saying that there aren't exceptions and that there are some people who use it and it's it's like a miracle worker for them. I but have if you, seen some of my friends use pink moisturizer and the magic that it gets their hair. I was like, Hair envy instantly, but as soon as I put that pink bottle, my hair looked like, girl, what you doing to me? Stop playing. And I'm gonna say this too, and this will be my final, my final statement on it is whether hair or skin, know yourself because. You know if your skin is oily or normal, whatever that is, which way or dry. You know if you have hyperpigmentation or you don't. You know if you have cystic acne or regular acne or blackhead. That tends to be my issue is the blackheads. That's why I keep the blackheads scrub. Um, learn you and then research what you need to do. And it may not be the first thing you do. But don't let other people tell you, oh, you're black, so your hair is this. Oh, you're black, so your skin needs this. Because it may not be true. And I say that from, and I know we've been talking about skin, but I just, I, I'm really passionate about hair, y'all. And so I'm going to say like coconut oil or right, all this protein. If you put too much protein in your hair, it gets dry and brittle and stiff. So if you keep putting this on, and I know that people like to tell us, oh, your hair is damaged. Oh, your skin is damaged. Oh, and even if, if it is, part of that is because you're using products that weren't made for you. Go back to nature. Look for vitamin E stuff. Look for these oils, safflower oil, apricot oil, avocado oil, baringage, amla, regardless sunflower, of where. What is it? Sunflower seed Safflower, babasu. Let me tell you, I love me some babasu. If you really can't do coconut, because I can't do coconut, babasu is an awesome alternative. Just going to put that out there. Babasu oil is incense. Baobab oil, whatever it is, and you may need to test some other things. I know people that are allergic to peppermint oil. I know people allergic to coconut oil. You can't do jojoba. We've had that conversation. Like, but you have to learn you. And all of these oils you can use for your skin and your hair, but you have to learn yes. who you are first. Yes, yes. And that's the other part with skincare. There are things out there for your skin, like she was speaking in reference to oils. I know some people are against a lot of oils on their skin, um, but there are some oils out here that are great for your hair and your skin. So that there in itself can be a money suit. Yeah. Um, but again, like we said, this is our experience with our hair, and skin. our skin, mm -hmm. and our journey on what uh, what it has taken for us to maintain what we feel comfortable enough to call beautiful. Okay? Um, and ultimately, as we've been stating this entire episode, that's what it's about. A Taking journey. care of yourself Mm -hmm. enough to where you're healthy and you feel confident about you. If skin care is not a thing that you are concerned with, cool. 
do you. It's fine. Skincare may not be a big issue for me, but for some of us, it's a thing. So um, we just wanted to give you a little bit of knowledge on some of the things, uh, uh, regiments that, that uh, some of the things that we have learned over the years. So for like one, clean your skin. Yes. Two, get your own regimen. If yeah. your regimen is just two things where it's a quick wipe down with witch hazel and some moisturizer or whatever your moisturizer is, that works for you. That's what it is. Just clean your skin, get your regimen. And my last thing, use SPF. <laughs> Please be protect aware of the sun. Skin. Protect, protect it. Like, protect yeah. it. It's, it's all that you have. It's all that you're going to get. Um, so just protect it. Those are my three keys. Um, and if we want to add a fourth, do your research. That's number one for me, people. But yes, yes, that there. Knowledge is power. Do your research. Um, Do your research that, and learn yourself. Yes. That is all that I have to say about that. Oh, come on now. Yeah, you hear that? Yeah. Y'all better get into that tap. Get into that's good glass we right don't there. Y'all don't even know. That's that good. That's a church triangle, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that is a church triangle. <laughs> <laughs> so now that the glasses are seemingly empty, Javon, tell us your rating on your um, wine today. Oh, I'm going to be real quick. This says Barefoot Pinot Noir is a medium-bodied wine with tantalizing flavors of ripe cherry and wild raspberry. Hints of vanilla and spice complement a smooth, lingering finish. This would be a semi-sweet uh, Pinot Noir, and it wasn't too bad. Um, they also say Barefoot Pinot Noir is perfect with lamb, grilled salmon, or creamy pasta dishes. I guess I could see that. Um, I will give it a... Oh, I'm, I'm gonna come back. I, I'll let you know. What's, what's your? Yeah, I gotta taste it again. So, um, uh, so for my wine cocktail, the cocktail itself um, was very tasty. Um, it's it is sweet once you put the white grape with the uh, riesling. Um, I know the reason that uh, this, the Chateau Saint-Michel is a semi-sweet reasoning, and it does have a little slight, it does have a slight dryness. But if you are looking to sweeten this up a little bit, some white grape, uh, just a pinch, not a lot, because I did um, six ounces or six counts, however you want to call it, a six ounce pour of this, and I did a two ounce pour of the uh, white grape juice. And for me, that made it um, sweet enough to become a sweeter. So is that the sweet, is that the semi-sweet recently? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it made it, it did make it sweeter. Um, that I could see going with a nice dessert. Like a nice even dessert, uh, maybe like a nice piece of yellow cake, 
a nice piece of pie, you know, just something little, you know, ooh, tasty. I, I got a sweet tooth, uh, little ordeal there. Um, I enjoyed it. If you were watching, I'm sure you saw me. <laughs> I definitely enjoyed it. Um, so uh, we know this this semi-sweet sauce show is uh, a good cocktail mixer for those who might want to just try something different, you know, maybe for brunch or like a bridal shower or something like that. You know, people, I don't drink Riesling. Yes, you do. <laughs> Riesling comes in dry, that. sweet, and semi-sweet. So you, everybody, everybody can drink a Riesling because it literally comes in every possible option. In every, yes, yes. So um, my rating for the cocktail itself it's a four. It was it was really really delightful. It was really light, um, and I, I truly enjoyed it. So, so for the barefoot Pinot Noir, I'm gonna give this a three. I was dropped when at first I was gonna give it 3.5, then I had it again, I was gonna give it 2.5. So we're gonna land in the middle and give it a three. The issue with this for me is that wild raspberry, because I'm really not a fan. I taste the cherry first and then the raspberry hits after, and it's kind of like, I wish you weren't here. So um, because, because the hints of vanilla and spice do complement a smooth lingering finish, they're right. They're not lying on the bottle. Barefoot is very honest. We appreciate that. But that that wild raspberry, it takes you from a three and a half to to a good to a good three. And I'm not really a red wine person anyway. But again, it was it's Pinot Noir Day. And so there you go. Um, but thank you. Well, That's what I got. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Um, this has been another wonderful episode of Whining in Color on A Little Something to Whine About with your host, Ty and Michelle. And Siobhan Camille. Be sure you subscribe Just hit and hit the like button below. And join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new episode. Don't forget, leave a comment. Tell us. What's your favorite Pinot Noir? It's Pinot Noir Day. Do you have a favorite Pinot Noir? Send us some recommendations because we definitely would like to know. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to taste a nice Pinot Noir. And as always, there's nothing wrong with a little wine. Totally.